I'm Adam Coleman, inviting you to the fifth season of The Cosmic Library from LitHub. This season, we go on our tiniest reading adventure yet, into short stories in the U.S. But this too turns out to be almost all-encompassing. I think short stories are essentially brief encounters with felt life. That's Oxford literary scholar Andrew Kahn, who gives us a deep history of the short story. And we hear from The New Yorker's Deborah Treisman, who explains her work as an editor of short fiction. You know, if you are melding with another person, you don't turn that person into you, but you get to know the ins and outs of that person. So, and it's, it's sort of like that. I always feel involved with the stories. We bounce around between the history and current life of short stories with the novelist Justin Taylor. The nice thing about it going out of fashion is that it really frees you up to relate to it in a different way. This being the Cosmic Library, we make sure to go way beyond U.S. short stories, too. Here's the Washington Post critic, Becca Rothfeld. A lot of Kafka short stories, I think, gesture at or describe um, sort of nightmarish geographies or architectures. And the actor Max Gordon Moore reminds us just how wild short stories can be. With a reading in its entirety of Wakefield, the intensely strange, classic Nathaniel Hawthorne story. He had contrived, or rather he had happened, to dissever himself from the world, to vanish Get ready for all that and more in a season about short stories, small windows into vast universes. It's season five of The Cosmic Library, available soon wherever you go for podcasts. But you could tell, like, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know. I'm Alex Higley. And I'm Lindsay Hunter. And And I'm I'm a a writer, writer, but... Welcome to I'm a Writer, but today we have Lisa Tadeo. Ah! She's the author of three women. She has contributed to the New York Times, New York, Esquire, Elle, Glamour, and many other publications. Her nonfiction has been included in the anthology's Best American Political Writing and Best American Sports Writing, and her short stories have won two pushcart prizes. She lives with her husband and daughter in New England, and her new novel, Animal, is out June 8th. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome. Hi. So much for having me. This is so exciting. I absolutely loved Three Women and I loved Animal and I cannot wait to dig in with you. Wow, thank you. But first, please read to us. Okay. Um, So I'm going to read just from the beginning. Great. I drove myself out of New York City where a man shot himself in front of me. He was a gluttonous man and when his blood came out, it looked like the blood of a pig. That's a cruel thing to think, I know. He did it in a restaurant where I was having dinner with another man, another married man. Do you see how this is going? But I wasn't always that way. The restaurant was called Piadina. On the exposed brick walls hung photographs of old Italian women rolling gnocchi across their giant flowered fingers. I was eating a bowl of tagliatelle bolognese. The sauce was thick and rust colored and there was a bright sprig of parsley at the top. I was facing the door when Vic came in. He was wearing a suit, which was usual. I'd only seen him once in casual clothes, a t-shirt and jeans, and it disturbed me very much. I'm sure he could tell. His arms were pale and soft and I couldn't stop looking at them. 
He was never Victor. He was always Vic. He was my boss, and for a long time before anything happened, I looked up to him. He was very intelligent and clean and had a warm faith. He ate and drank voraciously, but there was a dignity to his excess. He was generous, scooping clean spinach onto everyone else's plate before his own. He had a great vocabulary and a neat comb over and an extensive collection of fine hats. He had two children, a girl and a boy. The boy was mentally challenged and Vic somewhat kept this from me and the other people beneath him. He had only a picture of the daughter on his desk. Vic took me to hundreds of restaurants. We ate porterhouse at big clubby steakhouses with red banquettes and the waiters flirted with me. They either assumed he was my father or my older husband or they figured I was a mistress. We were somehow all of the above. His actual wife was at home in Red Bank. He said, I know you won't believe this because of what a slob I am, but my wife is actually very beautiful. In fact, she was not. Her hair was too short for her face and her skin was too white for the color she'd like to wear. She looked like a good mother. She liked to buy little salt dishes and Turkish towels. And in the beginning of our friendship, I would walk around the city and if a bamboo salt dish caught my eye, I would snap a photo and text him, would your wife like? He said I had wonderful taste, but what does that mean? It can feel very safe to be friends with an older man who admires you. Anywhere you are, if something goes wrong, you can make a phone call and the man will come. The man who comes should, should be your father, but I didn't have one at the time and you will never. At a certain point, I began to rely on Vic for everything. We worked at an advertising firm. He was creative director. I had virtually no experience when I started, but I had this talent, he said. He promoted me from a regular assistant to copywriter. At first I enjoyed all the praise and then I started to feel like I deserved everything I got, that he had nothing to do with it. It took a few years for that to happen. In the interim, we started up a sexual relationship. I can tell you a lot about sex with a man to whom you are not attracted. It becomes all about your own performance, your own body and how it looks on the outside, the way it moves above this man who for you is only a spectator. While it was happening, I wasn't aware of how it was affecting me. I didn't notice until several years later when three showers a day were not enough. Thank you so much. I, you know, I was talking to Alex about this and it feels like the book is written in code for women. <laughs> like it feels like. <laughs> Someone else said that to me. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Years ago. That is so cool. But hear that wow it, it really does it really feels like a look across the room from like your best friend or your sister and it's like just a million things at once coming together it's rage and it's joy and it's hilarity and um I just you know I just thoroughly loved it I um it couldn't be more drenched in blood if it tried you know <laughs> and I feel like that is the most feminine thing that exists um I was just I would love to hear how you wrote this, you know, like, did you start with an outline? Did you just kind of follow Joan where she went? You know, like, what was it like writing this book? I, um, I started, you know, for, I first, I, I knew the story I kind of wanted to tell, but I started by writing it in the third person. And I was at um, Boston University getting my MFA in, in fiction. Um, and, and Ha Jin was one of my professors and he was a professor on this, on this particular, on, on this novel or the beginning of, of a novel course. And I wrote it in the third person 
and I gave it to him and we talked about it. And then I was just like, he's like, yeah, no, it's good. And I could tell like, I wanted him to like, really like say it was great. So I just went home and I rewrote it from the beginning. It was like the first 80 pages or so in the first person. Mm. And that's when like, it just completely, like the voice just came to me and it just, it was just, it felt like it, like I never had to worry about it thereafter. I mean, obviously I made a bunch of stupid choices and plot, you know, things that, that were, that we've since edited, et cetera. But, um, but once I had the voice, I knew where I was going. That's so interesting because the one thing I was so excited to talk to you about with the, with the novel, Lisa, was how this first person and kind of covert second person is speaking its own language immediately. The book is, as a reader, you're immediately thrust into the world of the book and in kind of a wonderful way, the book doesn't make a ton of space for the reader. It's already just a fully formed, here is this memory. I need you to be with it. It's going to come back. You're going to receive refrains. But um, so I was, I was so curious uh, if the strict, if the structure stayed pretty static or if it was something that was related to that switch in POV uh, while drafting. Um, I don't think it was related to that. I think it, I think I just kind of, I like, um, I like, I, I kind of want to keep myself interested when I'm writing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what can I do to make myself, like, what can I do that's like kind of we like how can I keep like what do I want to think about now I don't care about that guy's wife anymore like that's boring now I want to talk about this you know yeah so I think part of it comes from that sort of um you know that kind of having 75 projects going at once that, <laughs> that seems to calm the uh the mouse wheel in my brain but never actually does <laughs> <laughs> just for the moment just for the moment exactly <laughs> <laughs> How did you get yourself in Joan's mindset? Because um, she's such an unreliable narrator, but she's also so sharp and her observations are so um, hilarious and um, just like clear and, and like very unique. And how, I feel like that, that would exhaust me on a daily basis to try to maintain that level of voice, um, especially when I'm dealing with, with a narrator that's um like not necessarily telling the truth how did how did you like pump yourself up to get into that mindset I felt like Joan kind of offered like writing in her voice offered this kind of freedom like whenever um like whenever something happened where I just like wanted to like bubble up I would kind of put it into through Joan's filter and put it into her life and have it be like you know, she just says this crazy thing that is like a stand-in for whatever. I mean, I'm not, not to say that I'm, you know, but, but it was, it was kind of like, it, it felt like freeing to do that. Cause it felt like this kind of wild, crazy, masochistic, you know, out there narrator. And it felt free to be like, oh, you know, like I can say whatever I, I can just, she can say whatever she wants, even though I can't say what, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like it just yeah. felt like, the black hole of a person to mm. play with yeah she is totally untethered um yeah. you know she is she is just completely existing um but you said Lindsay, and i think there's these really great moments of lucidity but because of who joan is as a character and you know 
whether it be the drugs or just the events of her life, which are so wild, there's like a distance from her clarity. So like you get these internal moments that are so clear and so lucid, but you imagine maybe if you were sitting with Joan looking at her while she was having these thoughts, she would look feral or something like (laughs) there's there's the moment where the with the car crash early on and i there's just a beautiful paragraph there i I have i'm gonna read it because it's so good i'm gonna read it here (laughs) beside me the girl's mouth hung open but otherwise she didn't shield her eyes or make a noise she likely had never seen death she stood there with that white plate she'd been taught to put a wedge of tomato on the rim i wanted to shove her nose in a slick of blood but i couldn't I had to let the girl go home, sit on her mother's couch and tell her boyfriend she'd seen a woman and her newborn die on the road today. The boyfriend would ask about the types of cars involved. Just moments like that where it's like, whoa, okay, Joan is with it. (laughs) She's totally all over it. Yeah, she can see see other people so clearly, but um, we, we don't really get to see her until we see her through like Alice's eyes you know like Alice insisting we're getting somewhere we're getting somewhere Mm -hmm. um and I just love that I just love that there's that character that starts to give us the other side like I feel like we're looking we're looking out through Joan's eyes and then suddenly through Alice we can look at Joan Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah I I uh I just want to (laughs) hear how I don't want to say too much because there's so many ways that I can spoil this book and, and it would be a shame to do that for anyone on it. Like Alex, Alex and I talk about this concept all the time of, of trying to touch the bear, which is based on this lit hub essay by Blair Hurley. And it's a character that she was writing that, um, that saw a bear and then that, that's where the story ended. And then she thought, well, what if the character tries to touch the bear? And then the story took on this much more interesting turn. And I was telling Alex, Lisa's book, it's just bear after bear. And now they're all running in terror. <laughs> like they're all running in fear away from Joan. Um, you know, like, I, I don't want to say what happens. And, and Alex kind of hinted, you know, in that paragraph, that this very um, visceral thing happens with the car crash. And Joan says, that bad things tend to happen around me. Um, and then, you know, there's this, this more and more and more um, events occur. How did those come to you? You know, and how did you, how did you accept them? Was it just, you know, like when you locked into, you know, that, that first person voice, was it just like, okay, I can see these things coming to me? Or was it, was it like pivoting when things got boring? Um, I think, I think that. perhaps both, but perhaps more so like these things coming to me also, you know, I, I'd spoken to, I've just done so many stories, you know, for magazines and I've spoken to so many women. Um, I've interviewed so many people and, and just spoken to so many people and just asked so many questions that I've gotten so, you know, so like a, an entire, like, I just have a lot of lived life experience in my brain that belongs to other people. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, and I also have done a lot of, you know, wild things myself. So I, and, and, you know, I think that there's people who go through life and get to their thirties and forties and, you know, like without kind of having had any major um, life moves or turns nothing like crazy and I think I've had a good amount so you know for me I I empathize and can uh, align myself more with a character like Joan because I've met so many people like her and I've I've have you know elements of her and I think that 
I would say that Joan is, is not as, doesn't have as many awful things happen to her as like a lot of people that I've talked to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, I think it's just that you don't get into the sort of, I guess, I, I just, I've seen a lot of, of, of stuff out there and I wanted to tell a story to the people who kind of have been there also. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of where I was like speaking to, um, speaking to a lot of the people that I've met who has, who have been through a lot of, of shit and kind of made it out on the other side. There's just a different wisdom from, from that kind of, that side of, of, of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny. I always say to my husband, like, I'm like, you know, cause I've lost, <clears throat> excuse me, I've lost a lot of, of people. And I always say to him, like, well, you don't know, you've never lost someone. Yeah. And he's like, well, do you want me to like, like, what are you like, <laughs> like, 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 he's like, why are you saying that with anger? And I'm like, I'm not saying it with anger. Like, maybe I'm a little jealous, but no, I'm not. It's not anger. It's just like, you don't get, there's just the sense of like, there's no way for you to get it. And so for me, Joan is sort of on that opposite side. You know, mm-hmm. she's someone who's like screaming at someone else. Like, you don't get it. This mm-hmm. is what I've been through, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause you know, the, the, the part that you read, you you don't under you don't fully understand where Joan is coming from and why she has earned all of these feelings and and um you don't understand until the very very end and it's and it's poignant it's it's moving i you know and hey everyone lindsay here just letting you know that there are major spoilers ahead so if you don't want to hear the spoilers go ahead and skip about 5 minutes ahead bye um god i wish okay i'm i'll delete this but when she throws the fetus to the coyotes, if you just, if you just, (laughs) if you just tell that to someone like in this book, this woman throws her miscarriage to coyotes to save a dog. Like you don't under, you don't understand, you know, like you might think like, what the fuck? Like, is this a horror movie? You know, like, but then you, when you have read the book and you have lived Joan's life and you, and you see all the traumas and how they've compounded throughout her life, it, it becomes a moment of just like, that's exactly fucking right, Joan, you know? And it's just, it's, it's wild. (laughs) You did that. That Um, means so much to me. Yeah, because I, 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 I had to put my, I had to put the book down and say, turn to my husband and be like, I, I, I need to say this out loud. <laughs> I need to tell you what just happened, you know, cause, cause you, it's a, it's a thing that Joan does. And I will, I will like bleep all of this so that no one knows because it's an important moment. Yeah, I, mean, I don't mind. Okay. Okay. If you don't mind, then I won't because it's, it's such, it's such a wild moment and to get to that kind of scene and have earned it is hard to do. It is, you know, like it is, it's hard to do. What was it like to write that scene for you? You know, I had to take all of that, um, everything, you know, I mean, well, for starters, you know, I've, I've had experience with miscarriages. I have not. um, Yeah. And that's the thing. I think so many, I mean, so many women have, and it's, it's still one of those like little dark caverns. It's tough. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not really tough for me. Other things are tough for me, but I, you know, like, I mean, it's tough for me, but not to talk, like, I don't mind talking about it. It's never, 
Um, but you know, yeah, it's like it's a very it's a very big deal, and and yet also a small deal that kind of feels like this. You don't really know how to characterize it. You don't want to make more of it than what it is, or whatever. All of the all of the feelings one has, um, or I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I want to. I, uh, there's there's this sense of that Joan, you know, that she's getting to in that moment where like, it's it's just, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, it's just a lot, her giving that up, her doing something, her sort of becoming this animal in this moment and seeing mm-hmm. that the kind of, as far as being animals are concerned, Joan's kind of already where, where we kind of should be. Do you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. a sense, like we've built these walls of society up over our like basis instincts, and we just like pretend we like get dressed up in clothes and, and like, <laughs> like pretend to be like like you know these like civilians, and it's such a it's a it's a barbaric thing, you know, like the whole thing. It's like crazy because yeah. we're these animals. Yeah. Um. And and for Joan, all of that has it's just gotten to this point of like you know, nothing like, you know, scorched earth kind of, kind of place. It reminds um, me of that. Thing that um, means, I just want you to know how much that means to me. Cause I really wanted it to be, you know, I wanted it to be there, but I also wanted it to be grounded. So that really means a lot. Thank you. I was, I was shocked and, um, and like, couldn't wait to pick the book back up. <laughs> <laughs> But it reminds me of you talking, you know, you talking about the animal theme, that moment where she's having sex with River and another spoiler. Sorry, everyone. Um, and her, his dog is watching and, and she says something like the dog was watching us the way do- the dogs often watch people having sex, which is with a look on their face, like you're making more of this than you should. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like that's, you know, that's really true. I know know. it's it was a a great line so funny (laughs) oh man how do you feel knowing that this is going out in the world in the next what 10 days it's so weird it's like I I just it's funny you should say that because I just tonight was like oh shit (laughs) it's weird because with three women things kind of happen so fast yeah and some things felt like they went out of order. So I didn't really, um, I didn't really notice that either. Like I, I kind of got swept by me and, and with this, you know, since most of the events are virtual and stuff, it, there's a, you know, it, it, it feels like even more sort of far away, but, um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm nervous. I'm nervous mm-hmm. the way I wasn't nervous about three women. Wow. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Why is that? Because I think three women is an is is more palatable mm. uh, on the whole for a wider audience. I think that there's I think this book is very dark, and I think that there's there are certain things that people don't like to sort of you know um, get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and, you know, and this is a book that I wrote this book because it was a book that I had to write, and I. I, I think that, you know, there's going to be people who really like, you know, think it's just hate it. 
and I'm cool and I'm like I'm interested in everyone's opinion because I just think that that's part of what making you know stuff with writing and, and just being creating art is about you know hearing from people like I, I I find that like I would journal and never show anybody anything if I didn't care you know so like, <laughs> I care um, and I'm interested but I do think there's going to be a lot of like you know what the fuck um, yeah yeah totally yeah and it's fine I mean it's fine it's I mean you know I'm just like I'm um I did it, but I did just get nervous about it today. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I. It, but it's you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. It's exciting to have a book come out. It's exciting that, you know, people want to talk about it. So I'm, I'm super grateful. And and yeah, it. It is such a it's such a weird thing to to release your you know your baby into the wild. Another animal, yeah. animal metaphor. I was really afraid where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> that just flew right out of my mouth, you know, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very disconcerting feeling. And like, I, did you allow yourself to have expectations for like its reception or like what you, you know, like what you hoped for it or hope for it? I should say hope for it. Cause it's still in the future, but you know, uh, like, do you allow yourself to think like that? Uh, you know, I think in lines sometimes of like, of like pull quotes of mean things that people will say in reviews. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see like an actual reception. I just see like the pull quote. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I'm not, I'm always less upset than I ever think I'm going to be about, about a review. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. weird. I'm always like, oh, wait, this feels like, I feel like if I read this to myself, like six years ago, I would have like, just run off, <laughs> 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 like freaked out. And now I'm like, eh, you know, and it, it's just, it's it's interesting. I think that um, I think I've also been fortunate that, that so many people have been in conversation about my book. That it's just like at the end of the day, that's you know a luxury that I was lucky enough to have. And I think that having people have dissenting opinions and just being sort of in the vortex of that, being like the subject of, of an opinion, is like you know it's really scary. And mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a tornado, and it's weird, but it's also like interesting it's just everything I kind of see everything as like all right if I have to deal with this how can I one day write about it you know yeah do you feel more exposed you the like you the author in in your fiction or does it feel similar to you as as when you've published nonfiction in the past um you know it feels you know I've I've published a lot of um uh, short stories and I, I have felt with each of my short stories that I have felt more vulnerable um, than I did with with most of the nonfiction, but it always ends up being the exact opposite. The people kind of like let short stories at least exist in their world. Mm-hmm. Think, totally. You know, they don't like, like, and I mean, like even let's say if short stories were like, you know, as as read as as they should be, because I they're my favorite things, but um, 
but if like like people just kind of like they're just they don't they don't dissect it in a way that you almost feel that they, uh, I almost feel like they shouldn't dissect nonfiction. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I I do feel I feel exposed because it's fiction and it's my my fiction and it's also in the first person. There's something about that there's something about not writing you know a historical novel where it's you know where people did like there's something about all of that that I think also contributes to I think writing in the first person can can be very can feel very vulnerable because I think there's like someone said I can't believe she's condoning like me the author is condoning murder (laughs) oh my god I was very upset and uh yeah not upset like it's just like oh shit like there's people out there who don't make the sort of you know who don't, don't know how to read yeah it's wild it's it is wild, wild. So and it's wild just, how their voices are louder for some reason you know than than other voices it's like that kind of stuff like sticks with you as an author you know more than like the other stuff I would say, you know, like, I just know that's true for me. I'm just thinking of Jan B on Goodreads who just oh eviscerates God. me every time. <laughs> I, don't think I know Jan B. Jan B is all over Goodreads, baby. Okay. Like wow. <laughs> don't I mess with her. That. Oh my God. Jan B. What a I can't wait to see what she says about animal. I bet she already reviewed it. Cause she always gets the advanced copies. <laughs> oh, Jan. Sweet Jan. <laughs> find her easily i'm sure probably jan b bro <laughs> don't look listen lisa do not look at her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <don't. laughs> do yourself a favor save yourself it's too late for me <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, uh, all right whatever i'll do this later but i'm definitely doing this i love i love a good a good dive <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's dark i mean animal is dark but what you just said is much darker <laughs> oh, my oh, you know, you find somebody who really hates you and you're just like who are you exactly what did i do to you <laughs> love me yes exactly <sighs> like just like oh if you met me like oh, let's jam b like let's have dinner like you know my house. i want to text I want to text Jan B like a picture of me at the playground with my kids. So she knows <laughs> that I'm not this dark, evil asshole that she thinks I am. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you are also, um, you're, did I see that you're writing and producing three women for Showtime? Yes. Oh my gosh. How's that wow. going? It is. It's, it's been, it's been cool. I mean, it's been a lot. We, and we, we were fortunate enough to be able to keep working during the pandemic because we yeah. were in our writing space. So we, we had a, a Zoom writer's room mm. um, with me and, uh, and, and three other women playwrights who are just really brilliant. Um, and my show runner, uh, Laura Eaton, who's amazing. And we've been, we've written the 10 episodes and now we're doing casting and, and stuff like that. And wow. director. Um, so it's really, it's been really exciting. Like, where are you at in the process? So we have finished um, all the, ep- we've written all the episodes and we are um, talking to cast. And after we, we <gasps> sort of, you know, um, a cast and a director, we'll probably start shooting hopefully in September. 
Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So do you have to, will you be on location then? Or do you get to still live your life? I I don't, I mean, I'm definitely going to, I think it's going to be like, you know, as sort of, you know, we have a showrunner and she's going to be, she's the, the sort of run of the show. So I, um, I will, I, I will probably, I will probably go often in, in the beginning to kind of, you know, get, but I still have to do touring for animal. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's a lot. It's not, look, again, lucky, but you know, just exhausted. Did I see that you have a UK tour? Yeah. That's virtual for right now. Okay. Okay. So yeah. How has writing and parenting and all of that been for you these past several months? Has it, has your life been, have you been able to actually get work done or or is it all, is it all work on the show right now? Are you able to work on other things right now or? Yeah. I mean, I am work, I'm doing a lot of um, animal, like I've, you know, had to write articles for like Vogue and, and, you know, places in the UK. Like I've had like four articles due every week for the past couple of weeks. Oh my weeks. God. Good Jesus. Lord. And, yeah. It's, and then, you know, like events like in Calgary, just, I mean, you know, all virtual, like just, it, there's been, there's like 10 things a day. Plus I have to do three women writing plus like other stuff. So it's kind of, Oh my goodness. It's been, you know, I'm in this place where I'm just like, okay, you never know you know, what's going to happen, right? Especially with Hollywood, you don't know what things fall through. And I don't have a lot of, um, I'm always, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, you know, I've just kind of been like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Just in kind of preparation for the end. <laughs> Whatever, you know, just, I, I, I've, I've gotten my daughter accustomed to having this little cabin bed so you know i can't like i need to do like i just need to make the cabin whatever I'm, I'm, <laughs> it, it <wasn't. laughs> sorry do you like write stories as you're doing all of this do you write for pleasure i guess i should say i you know that's such a sad interesting question because i haven't written for pleasure in a really long time i mean when would you have the time but isn't that so funny that like, you know, like I, but I just, that's all I want to do. Right. Yeah. But it's almost like you've reached that point that we all dream of where, where the ball is rolling. Right. Like, and so, so like, that's like, you've gotten the ball rolling, which is what you're writing for pleasure did. <laughs> so now, you don't, now all the pleasure is taken out of it. Yeah, no, totally. It, it's true. It's like, you know, like my husband's always spending like seven hours, like cooking stuff on a Sunday. <laughs> like I just, you know, I want to be, I want to have a restaurant. We, we do. That's like our dream. Right. But I'm like, yo, you know, that once you had the restaurant, you would no longer want to be spending seven hours. And he's like, no, that's not true. Not with, not with cooking. <laughs> you know, I think the second is something you have to do or somebody expects to repeat you know, a repeat show of it. Like it just feels, I'm sure you guys know very well what that's like. So yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it sucks when you finally get what you want. (laughs) Ain't it the truth. Okay. And that, you know, like that, that goes for everything, everything, you know, I, I, I'm, it's funny that you said you guys want a restaurant because there's so much food and animal and, um, 
and so much beautiful descriptions of place. I, I could not get enough of, of how specific and detailed, you know, like when you're talking about Italy, you're talking about the Poconos, talking about California. It's just like, it was so bright and, and like I was there. Thank you. That is so amazing to hear. Thank you. This was so great, Lisa. I, you know, I love the book and I can't wait for people to read it and to start talking about it and to just blow Jan B's mind. (laughs) <laughs> thank, thank you. And honestly, thank you so much for really like connecting and, and with it and getting it. It really, it's really cool to talk, you know, these first conversations, it's just to have that is really gratifying and, and makes me feel less scared about next week. So thank Good. you. Good. It was, it was just the thing for me. I'm writing a novel right now and it opened up a, bo- a like, it gave me permission for some, some right. things cool. <laughs> I'm trying to write through. So it was just the right thing. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> really encourage everyone to to read this book because I want to talk about it as much as possible yeah and yeah there's a lot of things POV wise and structurally that at first I was like wow wait what's happening and then uh they are revealed there is a reason it's it's so free I think she mentioned like once she switched to the first person it really freed Mm -hmm. her up and made her feel like she got it and it is and just like the one-liners it's one liner after one liner it's for such a dark book it is so funny Mm -hmm. and so um like I said like bright like there's the place is so real yeah Um, for being uh for being so dark it doesn't really wallow in that it kind of just goes on to the next dark thing really quickly it's not um (laughs) it's zippy with the dark it is it is yeah and yeah you can yeah you can absolutely speed through this book um in a good way yeah i i was into it what's the uh craziest animal scene you have in any of your books Ooh, look at you right out of the gates craziest animal scene animal scene i I can't even think of any animals in my in my books i know i was trying to think of like maybe in my apocalypse story there's some who someone just brought up that story who no like on the show within the past five or six do you remember who was it and you were like oh you mean the apocalypse story but that wasn't the one in unstuck right no that was in um uh i shot no not i shot it was in Night Train, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I read it for the first time ever in someone's apartment. And I was dressed, like I can remember, I was dressed <laughs> like a dork. I had like my mom jeans on and like a button down, an ill-fitting button down. And I had just got my hair butchered and I was pregnant, um, very early pregnant. This was my, like one of my miscarriages. And this is before the miscarriage. Anyway, so I feel like, people weren't expecting me to read what I then read. (laughs) Um, But it was great. It was fun. Okay. So I can't think of a specific animal instance. I know. Uh, I was trying to, yeah. In in the novel I'm writing right now, they drop their kids off at the, at a childcare place inside a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And the lady that they drop the kids off with is like, it's time to feed the Python. Bye. And like closes the door. That's, that's all I got. What about you? 
I don't think I have anything notable. Oh, there's a dog. There's a dog in the new book that I named after my buddy Max's dog, Jet. Max Loop. They, Max Loop. Yeah, Max Loop, who uh, they named after the, the the Wings song. Hell yeah, we love that song. It's a great song. Ben's Corner. That's Wings is better than the Beatles. Sure. Whatever. Um, okay, here's mine. What's the bloodiest thing you've ever written? Oh my God, you've read my work. There's no blood. It's just like <laughs> clean, clean <laughs> assholes. Uh, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. Uh, I have a story where uh, a woman gets degloved, loses a finger <gasps> at a Target, and she has like these really gnarly sutures on her on her finger. And um, yeah, the, the, so that probably that. What story is that? It's called Shelly. Her name is Shelly? Her name is Shelly. Okay, Shelly. What's it okay. in? It's it's in Cardinal. It's and, in Cardinal, okay. Uh, I, th- I think it was a Droid Journal. Put that one out. Great. Man. How do you feel about, uh, I mean, being from Florida, how do you feel about snakes in the real world? Pythons like in the snakes. real world. God damn, I fucking hate snakes. Well, okay, my sister got a pet snake years ago for her kids, and it was just like okay. one of those little like orange and white, and I can't remember what they're called, but they're little snakes. Okay. Um, and I was like super freaked out, but then when I held it, it was really nice and affectionate, and and it's really like, their skin feels a lot more comforting and soothing than you would imagine. Okay. I don't like the. I'm scared of the bitey snakes. I don't like the bitey <laughs> snakes, but like a python, what he's just gonna hug me to death. What about, uh, what about lizards? I like lizards. Lizards are fine. We used to get, wear them as earrings. You'll like, you could, like squeeze you'll, like, their hold, you'll like hold an iguana, no big deal. Something like that. Yeah, totally. Oh man. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, uh, over for me. Frogs. I'm fine with that. Um, I, I don't think I could, some dude brought, uh, his pet tarantula to Parker's classroom one year Oh God. and like brought it around and you could pet it. And Parker was like, and I did not pet it, mom. And I was like, I don't blame you for that, my friend. Yeah, I'm with Parker on that one. But I can recognize their, that they're magnificent creatures. Their alien dignity? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I can't do any of that. I'm afraid of all that stuff. <laughs> I also try, like, I've had to become, I've had to force myself to become more okay with things. Because I don't want my kids... Oh, I see. Like there was this woman I worked with who was afraid of getting her face wet. Oh, that's, that's, that's quite a leap from Python. So, yeah, but she, so she like had this like weird, like all these weird things she would do like in the shower or whatever, like brushing her teeth. Cause she just didn't want her face to get wet. And then she was like very proudly talking one day about how her daughter had, de- had also developed a fear of water. Oh God. And I was just like, oh, I, I don't want to do that to my kids. Like, I don't want them to get my hangups on anything. So now when they're like, mom, a spider, I'm like, oh, isn't she pretty? Look at, she's made a, she's caught something, you know, because I don't want them to develop. I guess that's not a super weird one, but you know. When I used oh. to work over at uh, Lincoln and Grace, there was a little cafe, like right up the street from the store. And there was a barista who was there all the time. So I would talk to her, say hi, whatever. Didn't get to know her really very well. But one day, one of my coworkers was like, did she ever tell you about the time she was on Maury? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and he pulled up a clip of this barista, really nice woman, 
who I had talked to probably like three times a week for the past two years. And he's showing me this clip and she is screaming on Maury because she's terrified of cotton balls. <laughs> and, and Maury is like, like egging her on and they're like bringing cotton balls out on the stage. <laughs> and then I had to like go the next day and like get my coffee or whatever and like look at her and just try and not fucking think about cotton balls. I don't know. I just, these Dipper people are, the ball. they're just everywhere. They're among us, these people. So. Maybe she just did that so she could be on Maury. Yeah, I have no fucking idea how something like that comes to be, but that is dark. I think there was someone on Maury who was afraid of carrots, too. Like, oh terrified of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, crazy books, I started reading Bunny by Mona Awad. Have you read that oh, book? No, no, no. But I remember when you picked it up. You got it at Roscoe. And I did. did. Roscoe yeah. Books. Um, shout out Roscoe Books and shout out mm -hmm. Megan Phillips who told me to read it. And shout that book Megan. is fucking crazy. Really? It is like, like when it first starts, you're like, okay, this is like a Heather's thing. Like, okay. Okay. But then it's not. <laughs> it's like, it changes pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, so I think like in the vein of animal, these books that like sort of make their own rules and then just ask you to just go along with it no matter where the twists and turns take you um funny have as much blood as animal there's a lot of blood there's exploding heads okay like there's blood and Cronenberg, cool there's bunnies um yeah so i i really admire that i really admire just being like and then maybe this happens you know like okay i'm with you <laughs> you know like like for um for animal there's the the vein of trauma that's that's you know the theme of trauma that's sort of like in the background of everything that's happening, all the wildness and the bad things and yeah, the funny things. Um, and, and with bunny, it's like, seems to be about like identity and, and, you know, so there's like serious themes, but there's also just like wild free, like women. Just like <laughs> <laughs> and I am digging it. Cool. And talk to you later. And bye. Bye. I'm a Writer Butt is recorded by Alex Hickley and me, Lindsay Hunter, in our respective basements. Editing by Lindsay Hunter. Music by Max Loop. Yay!